0: This episode contains discussions of child abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode seventy-four on the Liblist Out podcast. Did you know that one in ten children will be sexually abused before their eighteenth birthday? Hello, action takers. Welcome to Live Blissed Out, a podcast where I have inspirational and informational conversations with business owners and subject matter experts to help us get the scoop and the lowdown on a variety of topics. Tired of hesitating or making decisions without having the big picture? Want to be in the know? Then this is the place to go. I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping achieve bliss through awareness and action. Thanks for joining me. Joining us is Kim Laken-Crager. Kim is a survivor and a thriver of child sexual abuse. She's been married for 30 years, is a mom to three grown children, and a grandma to five beautiful grandchildren. Because of her own story, Kim has been an advocate for children for over 30 years. A few years ago, she became a certified trainer and authorized facilitator for child sex abuse prevention through Darkness to Light Stewards of Children. Kim is also an authorized facilitator for the Monique Burr Foundation for Children. She's on several boards, bringing her knowledge of protection to many communities and churches. Kim's hope is to make a difference in how communities talk and act when it comes to sexual abuse prevention. It is the continued secret that keeps it going. We can stop it. To learn more, visit kimlakencrager.com. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Kim, it's good to have you here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you bringing me on today.
0: Many people that see the title Live Blissed Out, they think we talk about happy stuff all day long. But really, to me, one of the things that I Consider blissful is having your eyes wide open so you can be and do your best. Today, we're going to be talking about the five steps to protecting children. You know, children are so precious, and whether we have our own, or we are aunts, or uncles, or cousins, or godmothers and godfathers, or whatever, children are around us. They're innocent, they're wonderful. And they need to be protected. It's all of our responsibility to make sure that each child has an opportunity to grow up as a child and have wonderful memories, just like a lot of us get to experience. And when there are not so good things that are happening in the world, it's terrible. And We don't like to talk about it because it's uncomfortable, yet it's a necessary thing for us to do because without that awareness and without understanding and being comfortable talking about it, we are not protecting our children in the best way possible. What are those steps? What are the things that we need to start to think about and do to protect our children better in today's world?
1: One of our main goals in the five steps is empowering adults to be proactive, to be aware. We always are aware of where our children are at when we're out in the front yard playing with them. We've taught them from a young age that we don't run out into the street because there could be a car coming, so we have to look both ways. And we're prepared with that, and that's a scary thing, but we've got that from the time we were little. So we need to be able to also prepare our children when it comes to body safety, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And I just wanted to throw in a couple little facts. So the main issue that we have here is one in 10 children will be sexually abused before their 18th birthday, and that's just a staggering number for people to comprehend. What we want to do is we want to go ahead of that, and that's the only way that we're going to get to the bottom of stopping child sexual abuse. It's hard for us to go into homes and always see what's happening. We've always relied on children to say what's going on, and in reality, they don't always know what's going on. They can be abused and think that it's just part of life if that is the way that they have been brought up. So what we want to do is empower adults. So the five steps, I'm going to start talking a little bit about those and just give you some little nuggets on how to empower any adults who are around kids. It doesn't matter if you have them in your home or not. We're at the grocery store. We're around kids that so we can see different kids' behaviors just from observing them at a distance too. So. Don't be afraid. Step one, learn the facts. And that's what we've been talking a little bit about. If you don't understand child sexual abuse, then we can't end it. It's highly likely because one in 10 children will be sexually abused that you know somebody in your circle of friends or family that has been sexually abused. Step number two is minimize opportunity. So we want to empower adults to know how to create safe environments to help kids minimize those risks of being abused. A lot of times, it's just an opportunity. So they're in an isolated place, in a one-on-one situation, maybe at a church, and there's a youth pastor who is needing to take a child home. We need to be able to think about how... Not only can we keep the child safe, but also how can we keep that adult safe? So being in that kind of situation, what can you do? What are some things that you could think about? Maybe calling the parents on your way home and say, hey, I have your child and I'm bringing him home and just talk to the parents or have the child talk to the parents all the way home. That's a good way to minimize opportunity, just being aware of what's going on.
0: Do you feel like in most situations, you would recommend that if children are being transported somewhere, that there's always somebody that they're with to minimize those opportunities for them to be alone with somebody? Is that one of the ways that you can help with that situation?
1: Absolutely. You know, another situation you think about is babysitting a lot of times. The parents that are calling to have the teenager babysit will come and pick up that teenager. Well, they're alone in that car. It may be a short distance, but things can happen in even that short distance. Or afterward, when the parent comes home, maybe you have your child always go babysit with another friend so that there's always somebody else with them when they go into those situations. Or you take your child over there and maybe just hang out for a little while and see what the dynamics are of the household and how that plays out. Just being aware and thinking outside the box because it's not always cut and dry. Another example would be a lot of times kids are going to music lessons. So this is a good example. I did this with my children as well. went to piano lessons, went inside a house, and I'd say, okay, I'll see you in an hour. And then I'd come back to get them. What is happening in that instance? You know, you have a right as a parent to know what's going on. You have a right to sit there with those children while they're getting their lessons. You have a right to check on them anytime throughout the day if they are in a daycare center
0: or in a home situation. I mean, it's
1: not out of line for you to stop by and just check on your child. Everybody should be doing that.
0: So essentially anything you can do to prevent any circumstances from taking place that you didn't want to is going to be a good thing. Exactly.
1: Exactly. A lot of times, paying attention to your gut, if you have a feeling that maybe your child isn't being taken care of the right way, go with that feeling. Don't try and push that away. There's a reason. We are all equipped to know when danger is coming, but a lot of times we just push it away.
0: Yeah, maybe you start to think, maybe I'm being a little paranoid, but you're saying go with your intuition.
1: Exactly. It's just been so much, from as long as I could remember, (laughs) about believing the adult. And it usually doesn't matter the situation, whether the adult has been within their family setting or if the adult is a leader or a teacher, we always go with the adult. What would it look like if we started to just always believe the child instead? How much sexual abuse could we stop? There's a statistic of 4 to 8% of all reports of sexual abuse are false. And a lot of the times, well, adults don't understand is a child will come to you and say, something's happened. The reaction of the adult that they decided to confide in will play a big part in how that child will feel. So that's why it's so important for adults to understand exactly how this all plays out. Step three is talking about it. Talking openly will break down the barriers and reduce the stigma. It's hard to talk about, but what if we turned it around and just said, you know what, this is something that has been going on for hundreds of years, and so why is it so hard to talk about? We need to start talking about it to get rid of it, because that is what is keeping it going, is the secret. So talking about it openly, telling your children about body safety, that's the other part of talking about it, talking to your children. And in the class, the Stewards of Children, where we teach these five steps, it also breaks down how you can sit down and talk to your kids a little bit more. So if you're feeling nervous about that, how do you do that?
0: Is there a particular time that you recommend you start having these conversations?
1: From the time they're babies. So I have five grandchildren and I'm just so blessed to be able to spend time with them. I was able to watch several of them while their parents went to work full time and then they started to go off to preschool and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't be kind of that helicopter mom that I was with my kids. So What I started doing was I started buying body safety books and they are on the bookshelf and we talk about it openly from the time they were babies. So my granddaughter, her mom had a little boy and so she had a little brother and she was curious. I mean, that's normal for kids to be curious. She's got different parts than he does. So from the time he was born and I was watching him and changing his diaper, I would even say to him so that he knows, okay, grandma's got to wipe your bottom. And so you're using those words that are kind of taboo, but they shouldn't be. Those body part words should be just normal, like an ear and a nose and a throat. It should be normal. Talk about it. So I would say to my granddaughter, I have to change your brother's diaper. He pooped, so I've got to wipe his bottom and I would let him know that I was doing that too. So just being open with them from the time they're little tiny.
0: And are these books available in the public library where people can easily access them You would have to check with
1: your local library. I am happy to give you a list of some of the books that I recommend and some of the ones that I have on their bookshelf. From there, we're going to step four. Which is recognize the signs. If you're doing all this stuff, if you're learning about these signs, if you're minimizing the opportunity and you're talking about it, you're going to be set up to recognize some of the signs. Now, signs aren't always obvious. They're hard. But a lot of times what you'll see are emotional and behavioral changes that occur with that.
0: Can you give an example? What would you consider an emotional or behavioral response from a child that you want to keep an eye out for?
1: Yeah, let's say that you have a child who is just very loving and outgoing and very friendly, and then all of a sudden, they completely switch overnight, you notice that they are very withdrawn, they seem to maybe be depressed, they don't want to go out and talk to their friends or talk to anybody else. That's not a definite sign that they are being sexually abused, but it could be a sign that something is going on. And as parents, we need to be aware of that. And I think a lot of times, even as teachers, we see things like that where this child has changed their behavior and we think, oh my gosh, I have to deal with another hard child sometimes they'll even be diagnosed with ADHD or things like that. Not every time, but a lot of times those things can actually be a repercussion of something that's happening. It's good to then have open communication with your child and talk to them. Don't blame anybody. Don't point fingers or anything, but just say, hey, I have noticed that your behavior has changed. I've noticed that you don't want to go out and play with your friends anymore and you just seem really sad. Is there something that You want to talk to me about and just being completely open and then reacting responsible, which is step five. A lot of times, a child will respond to the way that you respond. They might just say, I have a friend who told me that somebody was touching them inappropriately, and I'm really worried about that. And so, then you react in a way that is comforting for the child and not going to be a detriment to their healing. Because what you want to do is you want that child to be able to tell their story to CPS. We recommend that if possible, you try and find a CPS, which is the Child Protective Services, which all the counties in Colorado, which we're in, have Child Protective Services where you can take your child in and they know how to talk to the child. They know how to not ask leading questions like, did this person do this to you or did they do that? The child will talk to them and not just play them up. So that's a part of reacting responsible is.
0: Since we're talking about adults being aware, being able to take some steps to help not only prevent, but also handle these situations in the best possible way. I would say that the reacting part is a little bit challenging, perhaps for some adults. They feel maybe they are overstepping their boundaries. What if it's not their child or what if they feel like maybe I'm overreacting? I don't want to put the parents or anybody in that family in jeopardy because I'm just assuming that something bad happened. There's that fine line that I think people are afraid to cross because they don't want to step over a space that they're not supposed to be in. Do you have any suggestions about what they can do to ensure that they feel comfortable With whatever decisions they make in relation to what they are speculating on. There's no proof with anything you're assuming based on certain signs. How do you find that balance? That's really what I think a lot of people are probably thinking.
1: Yeah, I think it helps to know that you are not going to get somebody in trouble just by asking to have a well child check. They will not disclose who did it, who called that in. And if they go in, and they find that there's nothing to substantiate that claim, then everything is just dropped. It's what we started talking about in the beginning is switching the narrative of, oh, I don't want to mess up this adult's life to, I want to protect this child. This child has come to me and said something that I need to then follow up on because it's serious. Most of the time, the child is not just lying about it. So we need to be able to stick up for the child, changing the narrative.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that we can't assume people understand how child protection services works. It's good to know it's a safe place. You can contact them, just say, I want to check. They go in, they don't let anybody know who asked them to check and they just investigate to make sure everything's good. And if it is, wonderful. And if it's not, then the child can be protected. So you're investigating to make sure that there isn't a potential for a child to be compromised.
1: Right. Yeah we've just got to start stepping up. My story was with a neighborhood kid. And so that was my first experience. I didn't know because I wasn't taught even body safety at five years old, that it was not right for him to do what he tried to do to me. But then again, I was thinking in my mind, that maybe I'm just not mature enough. You know, I didn't think, oh, I need to run home and tell my
0: parents. Because nobody had talked to me about it. You're five years old. A child. A child does not know. And like you said, I think it's going back to they need to understand the boundaries. They need to understand that it's okay to say what they're thinking. And people are going to be talking to them professionally to make sure that they let them explain what's going on and not mislead. Today, we're talking about the five steps to protecting children from the adult perspective. But there are also classes that are being offered directly to the children to teach them what to look out for. So that way, parents are aware, the children are aware, it really is a partnership and everybody knows what they can do. If we even help one child not have to experience this, we're doing wonderful things. The goal is to just help every single child that we possibly can be a kid and enjoy life and not have to experience these awful things that could happen. I'd like to learn more about the workshop for learning how to protect children from the adult perspective, and then what can parents do as well to educate their children even further?
1: If you are a parent, you can be proactive in protect your child when it comes to an outside setting. You have a right. You have a right to ask them if there's a protection policy. You have a right to know what their one-on-one situations are. You have a right to know if all the volunteers are screened. Not just a background check, because the background check might not find everything, but that they have actually been screened and they have references and a criminal background check. You have a right to know that stuff. So, you as a parent, ask those questions. It is okay for you to ask those questions. I have been a facilitator for Dr. Light Dose of Children for about almost five years now. So, it's really exciting to be able to go out and empower parents and empower children as well know body safety. And Darkness to Light recently started a comprehensive approach to ending child sexual abuse by combining Darkness to Light, which is the adult program that we've been talking about that has the five steps, and then also the Monique Burr Foundation, which is a program that's designed for children to teach body safety. And I would zoom into (laughs) classes, I guess, and teach children basically the same five steps as we teach the adults, but in a way that they understand. So their five steps would look like know what's up, talk to them, ask them questions about their activity and the people they spend time with, learn about the technology that they're on and the apps that they want to get and things like that. Number two would be spot red flags for teaching children and teens to safely know personal space and boundaries, how that looks, how to respect themselves and others and Things about digital safety as well. They go into that with the kids and how to spot red flags online when they're doing things like that. How to make a move. If a child or teen is being harmed, trust yourself to ask, whether it's yourself or whether it's a friend of yours. Because a lot of times friends will talk when they don't tell adults. So, how can you as a friend best support this person that's come to you? And it may feel kind of heavy. We want them to know that is something that needs to be shared. It's not something that you need to carry. So make a move and report that, including bullying. So we go into that a little bit. Talk it up. So that's number four that we teach the children. Tell them about unusual, unsafe situations. Use examples because they're really good at visualizing things that could happen. And so talk about it. Let them know safety rules. Let them know that they can talk to you about anything. Like I've done with my grandchildren, I feel really proud that they know that they can come talk to me now. They're all little right now, so it could all change when they become teenagers. <laughs> I'm going to keep that going. And then no blame and no shame is number five that we teach to kids and let them know that they are never to blame if anything happens to them because adults are the ones that are responsible for keeping them safe. So let them know that they should never be ashamed to tell you about red flags or abuse or bullying or any other safe situation, they know that we'll be supportive of them and that we will believe them and get them the help that they need. And the other thing that we also teach them and teach the adult is that we don't always know what's going to happen in the end. So you can't ever say really to a child, it's all going to be okay. You can say, I will do what I can to make sure that this doesn't happen to you or anybody else again. And those are the only promises that you can make is what you can do to help them. And so that is something else that I think we, as adults, need to be aware of, too. Telling the child, I understand this is awful, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you are safe. Sometimes they may end up back with that abuser,
0: unfortunately.
1: So tough call, but if we have all these steps in place, then it will make things a lot easier.
0: It boils down to awareness, prevention, education. And then being able to be cognizant of your surroundings, what's going on, pay attention to your intuition, that sort of thing. Keep your eyes open and talk about it. Those are the things that you can apply to help prevent these things from taking place in the future.
1: Yeah. In Colorado, there's a law called Aaron's Law. We adopted this law in Colorado in 2015. And Aaron's Law... Was named after a child sexual abuse survivor, Erin Marin, and some people may be aware of her. That requires all public schools in states that have passed this law to implement a prevention-oriented child sexual abuse program, which teaches students age-appropriate skills to recognizing child sexual abuse and to tell a trusted adults. So similar to the First Foundation, they also are required to teach school personnel about child sexual abuse. And how to prevent it. And so the signs, so darkness to light, do it children, and parents and guardians, the warning signs of abuse, as well as referrals and reporting information, which I also give out if anybody's interested. I have all of the child protective services in Colorado, as well as a mandated reporting website that you can go to and find out if this is a mandated reporting situation. Many states have passed this law already. But a lot of them are only requiring still the child training part of it. So we still have so much work to do because we're still, even with this law, putting a lot of stuff on the child. So we need to be able to spread that around and not put it all on the child. People can look this up dot org.
0: What are the main websites that our listeners can go to to get more information about you and about Darkness to Light?
1: Darkness to Light, they are at the letter D. And number two and the letter L L.org. And on there, you will find all the information that I talked about today, as well as classes that are available. We have virtual classes going on right now. You can contact me at com on my website, or you can contact me at info at kimlakenpreger.
0: It's great that you have so many different resources books, workshops, all kinds of things that people can start to avail of so that they can get more educated on this subject matter. And I appreciate you being here with us. Thank you
1: so much for having me,
0: that. That's a wrap for this episode of Live Blissed Out. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Kim Lake and krager for being my guest. If you have a question or comment for a future episode, all you have to do is go to speakpipe.com forward slash LBOVM, or click the link in the show notes to leave a brief audio message. If you find value in our show, please visit liveblissedout.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. So long for now. And remember to keep moving forward.